Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome viewers and listeners to ADAPS Prevention 365 podcast. Prevention is every day and every way. I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Dr. Yelba Castellon Lopez. She is a famous and much loved doctor out of UCLA. Dr. Yelba's expertise on the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the aggressive emerging Delta variant will be the focus of our interview today. Dr. Yelba, thank you so much for being here. It's such a pleasure to talk with you this evening. Thank you for having me, Rahima. I'm really excited to be here uh, with you and with the ADAP community. Thank you, Dr. Yelba. I want to begin uh, with our questions. Um, it's again, such an honor to have you on our ADAP podcast. And thank you for your service. Please talk to us about the COVID-19 virus. Thank you, Rahima. Yes, you know, most of us uh, by now know about the COVID-19 virus, which is a virus known as a coronavirus. It's a type of virus. And um, what we know about this new variant that we call the Delta variant is that um, it is more contagious or easily spread than the original strain of the COVID-19 virus. Now, I think it's important to contextualize that all viruses uh, have variants, right? And what the word variant means is that it's a different strain. And so um, viruses are organisms that use a host cell. They're special in that they require a host cell. And in this case, human cells or humans are the hosts. And so essentially viruses will, uh, will infect, when they infect a human, they will use the host cell to replicate and spread. And so when we have a variant, it's, it's a natural phenomenon that happens in all viruses. And essentially um, what will happen is every time that a virus replicates, it may have a, an error in its uh, replication. And sometimes those errors in, in the genetics of the virus will result in an evolutionary advantage. And in this case, um, that evolutionary advantage might allow the virus to live longer, to infect more people, to, um, you know, to, to have more survival. And sometimes those errors are um, a result of uh, coincidence. Um, and I think it speaks to the importance for all of us to get vaccinated is um, because the more chances the virus have to infect ourselves and use ourselves to replicate themselves, the more we may see other variants with other evolutionary advantages. In this case, the Delta variant, um, the evolutionary advantage for itself is that it is more infectious. So it's 2.3 times more infectious than the original COVID-19 um, virus that we saw, the original strain. Wow, so this then makes more sense about why we, all of us hear those news reports about this new variant and it's aggressive, I guess, um, is it, it's intuitive or just its structural nature? Is that right, Dr. Yelba? 
It is. Yeah. So there's some, you know, something about how this virus has changed that makes it more contagious, right? It makes it easily, more easily spread. And so initially you might've had a person who got infected with coronavirus and that person might've infected two people Yes. Um, just in their everyday lives. But what mm -hmm. we're seeing now, the trend is that one person might infect five people. And so you can imagine how, you know, it's um, incredibly uh, concerning in terms of spread, um, the fact that the that the cases are surging so quickly. Um, can you now discuss a little bit more about the vaccinated versus unvaccinated people, especially this is yeah now we have a background about COVID as well as the Delta variant it gives us you absolutely a better picture yeah absolutely and I think that 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 really highlights I think the trends that we're seeing now in terms of you know those who are hospitalized or those who become infected with the uh, Delta variant um, tend to be by and large those who are unvaccinated um, what we're seeing, for example, in our local LA County hospitals is, you know, as of yesterday, of uh, the people who were uh, hospitalized with COVID-19 or COVID-19 related hospitalization, 92% of those people were unvaccinated. So that means out of 10 people in the hospital that are there for a COVID related reason, yeah. nine of them are not vaccinated. So by and large, this has really shifted to become a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And so it really, um, shifts our attention to like, how do we then um, address some of the reasons why people aren't getting vaccinated? That's right. So I, I have been waiting for this moment because I also want to know, Dr. when you share with our listeners and viewers, uh, what are some of the reasons you've seen? So also, um, and does it, does it break down with, you know, different communities of people? How, how does that come to you as um, as their as their uh, professional medical physicians. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I've done a lot of work in the um, COVID nineteen space with the community to better understand some of the reasons yes. for you know what we might call vaccine hesitancy or for people not feeling confident mm -hmm. that they can that they can and should get vaccinated. Um, and, you know, we've done small focus groups with multi-ethnic communities to better understand some of these reasons. And what we have found is, um, as in most cases, it's, it's multifactorial, meaning there are many reasons, right? Sure. Some of it has been access, right? Initially, not everybody could get vaccinated, only the high priority populations had priority. Um, and, and there were other sort of implementation related barriers such as um, the digital divide or some people not having access mm -hmm. to computers or um, the, the way to get um, appointments was not clear or concerns around um, cost, which now we know, you know, vaccines are free for everyone, regardless of your immigration status, regardless of whether you have insurance or not. Um, you know, some of these causes have um, been addressed. Um, and we are also seeing a lot of effort to bring vaccines vaccines into communities that have been disproportionately impacted, such as our black and brown communities, um, so that people can have more access, right, um, right. to vaccines. There's right. all sorts of support programs in LA County, uh, including free transportation with Uber and Lyft. Right. And um, um, in-home vaccinations and, you know, health 
fairs and events that you know are really meant to engage the local communities. Um, but going back to some of the reasons why people aren't getting vaccinated. So we talked about some of the access issues, but there's also a lot of misinformation. And I think that's where um, I have dedicated a lot of my time because um, they, what we have learned is that there's a lot of misinformation about vaccine safety, you know, things like, will I get the COVID virus if I get vaccinated? Well, that, you know, that's not true. Uh, you don't get COVID-19 from the vaccine. Uh, issues concerning um, fears around, will the vaccine affect my uh, fertility or will it make me unable to um, have children in the future? And there's no research or scientific data to suggest that, nor does the science really support that being, you know, uh, uh, a concern that we should, um, you know, be worried about. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are other things like, you know, will there be a microchip um, inserted in, into my body? And um, is that a way that we can control the masses? And, you know, those are obviously also not true. And so a lot of um, my time again, and why I'm really happy to have been invited is to um, spend some time addressing some of the misinformation and really hoping to inform and empower communities or people who may not have all the information that they feel they need in order to feel confident. You know, my job as a doctor and as a scientist is really to take that scientific data and um, present it in a way that people can understand and that people feel comfortable with the information so that they can make an informed decision. Doctor, that's, uh, you know, I can't say it again. Thank you for your service because your work is also so multifaceted and multi-layered. How many people, you know, you reach um, of all backgrounds and, you know, everyone has their own opinions. They have different experience. Um, and, and again, opinions about, about the COVID as well as the vaccination. Um, this, I'm, I wanna go more into um, the misinformation We'll dive deeper a little bit later with my uh, my question up ahead, but I wanted to uh, still stay in this area, Doctor. About for those who are not vaccinated, what is one of my questions also is what's the impact on the intermingling within our societies with those folks who choose not to vaccinate? Well. Um... If I'm understanding your question, um, I think the risk at this point is that um, if you're not vaccinated, based on what we're seeing in terms of hospitalizations, in terms of positive cases, in terms of, unfortunately, you know, even some people will die of getting COVID, um, the risk of getting COVID is so high. And especially, you know, we talked a little bit about the, the impact of COVID on communities of color. And what we know is that because there are less people vaccinated in some of our communities, there's more spread in some of our communities. And so you're really at higher risk for contracting the virus. And typically speaking, um, you know, some, some of the people in the communities that have been hardest hit by COVID also have the least amount of access to care for example. And so you can see how that is a really concerning um, issue that really needs to be addressed and has been a call to action for a lot of um, doctors and you know people in public health. 
And so I think, you know, overall, this is why some of the policies have changed mm -hmm. um, in terms of everyone masking up. For example, initially, you know, we had um, mandates that suggested that people who were vaccinated could go without a mask. But now Thanks. I think what we're seeing is one, um, the risk is so high for those who are unvaccinated, but also we're seeing some what we call breakthrough cases in people who have been vaccinated. And while they may not result in hospitalization or death, you know, people who are vaccinated can get COVID and can continue to spread it. And so um, that, you know, that is the reason why I think some of these changes have occurred in terms of local policies. Like for example, in Los Angeles County, now we're having um, indoor masking for everyone. And, and the same, we can expect the same in schools, for example, where we're indoors, just because we know that COVID-19 um, or um, coronavirus, the coronavirus spreads through droplets that we release when we breathe, when we speak, when we cough, when we sneeze, and we don't see these, but um, wearing masks protects, uh, um, protects us from getting coronavirus, but it also protects others from being exposed. Right, so important. Um, uh, we can, I guess, bring up this, you know, as you talked about the misinformation, I am really, interested for our viewers and listeners to also, if you can discuss myths. Um, I, I have a question about what do you think of these coronavirus myths that are out there? They're spread online, they're spread through social media, through WhatsApp, you name it, it's out there. I, I wanted to know your thoughts on this, Dr. Yelva. So uh, I know that they exist. And again, a lot of them are not based in science. Um, if you look at the history of vaccinations for any vaccines, there's always going to be sort of um, a group of people who push back on the idea of getting vaccinated and some who are just opposed. And, and it may be that they're opposed for religious reasons or other reasons um, or health reasons. But by and large, what the data has shown is that vaccines are safe. Um, in many cases, they have completely wiped out diseases and um, in the case of the coronavirus vaccine, I think some of the myths are, for example, that um, the vaccine is brand new and that, you know, folks are being experimented on, but that in fact isn't true. We've actually been studying the, the um, SARS-CoV-2 uh, or the coronavirus um, virus for many years since we had our last um, epidemic, the, the SARS epidemic, if you guys remember um, back, you know, several, like over 10 years ago and have been developing the science behind the vaccine for that many years. And so that was really one of the reasons why things were able to move so quickly is because we had developed the science that allowed us to move quickly. But I think there's been a miss, the, the information has been misconstrued and a lot of um, and, and, and manipulated, if you will, you know, um, to suggest and misinform. And so I, you know, I try not to spend a lot of time on the source of the information because I think it can get complex and complicated. And, um, but I do know that, um, that I, I believe in science and I've been trained in as a scientist. And so that's where I, that is my most trusted source of information. And so, you know, being that I have training and that I have, you know, years of work in the community, yes. I'm just happy to be able to provide um, the information. And I hope that for the people who need to hear it, they're able to feel more 
comfortable or confident in, you know, making the right decision for themselves and their families. And by and large, like I said, you know, vaccines are, the COVID-19 vaccines are incredibly safe. They're incredibly effective at preventing hospitalizations and death. And, you know, those are the two really big outcomes and severe symptoms also um, that really, you know, we care most about. That's right. Yeah, Dr. Yelba, I'm right behind you with this and completely um, support your, you know, your work that you do to uphold the sciences and the facts. And I was and so excited again that, um, you know, we're, we get, I have this opportunity to do this interview with you today. Um, I'd also like Dr. Yelba, if you could please give us some examples, perhaps um, of other cities, maybe even countries and what they are currently facing. Um, for example, like California um, versus some other cities, you know, that you may be aware of or um, have gotten information about. Yes, uh, so we talked a little bit about what was happening in Los Angeles County in our local um, community in terms of trends, vaccination trends, and then also trends with the new Delta variant in terms of hospitalizations. And I would say we're seeing similar trends across the nation. So, you know, um, both at the state level and then at the national level, we're seeing that there's been a surge in cases. It's, um, you know, what we would consider a, a new wave of cases. And now across the United States, the, Vel the Delta variant is the predominant strain of COVID-19 infections. It's also known to be more contagious. And it's also at this point affecting those who are not vaccinated, which tend to be younger. Um, and so, you know, that's a trend that we're also seeing and not just locally, but, but across um, the United States. Interesting, Dr. Yelba. Um, how does this relate and impact infection rates uh, and the cases that you see at the hospital uh, with communities of the communities that you, um, that you serve, including at UCLA? So, you know, I, I um, have, the memory of, uh, you know, our first COVID-19 wave, which, you know, before we had the vaccine and how we were really short on hospital beds and people were yeah. terrified, you know, they weren't it's going to the hospitals and there was really no buffer or layer of protection for anyone. And so, you know, anytime I think about a surge in cases, it sort of, you know, brings back those memories. Thankfully, now we have a vaccine that's really proven to be quite effective at helping um, keep people out of the hospital. And while we have a very small amount of breakthrough cases, about 1% in Los Angeles County of people who have been vaccinated will test positive, and only 400 of the 5 million people who've been vaccinated in LA County, only 400 have been hospitalized. So that's, you know, 0.009% of people with the vaccine that are hospitalized. Um, and, you know, death is even less than that. And so, you know, it, it, it's um, reassuring that, you know, we have a vaccine that is so effective and in, you know, doing what it's supposed to do. Um, but on the other hand, it's, there's still quite a bit of a gap in terms of, um, you know, communities that have been impacted the most. So, if I can make a difference in one family um, or prevent one death or prevent yeah. one hospitalization, to me, that's a, that's a difference worth making. Absolutely. Well, significant. They always, you know, it's said, it's that motto, mantra, you know, you can, um, you know, one life means so much. 
Right. Even one is significant, doctor. But I, I know for a fact you impact more than one. You impact many lives and really um, honor you for the work that you do. Thank you. Thank Absolutely, you. Dr. Yava. Um, I would like you to also, Dr. Yava, before we close up our podcast, I hope you could share um, with our listeners and viewers some current prevention advice um, that you could share. Thank you. Yeah, that's. Uh, I would love to. So, you know, we talked a lot about the vaccine and right. we know that the vaccine is a way to prevent hospitalization, severe COVID symptoms. It's a way to prevent death for sure. We know that it's more than 90% effective in doing those three things. Um, and, but there are others and the vaccine is not perfect. We also talked a little bit about breakthrough cases and the importance of using masks, right? Because even if we're not vaccinated, um, I'm sorry, but even if, let me repeat that. Even if we are vaccinated, we can still get COVID-19 and be asymptomatic. We haven't talked a lot about the fact that mm. um, people can have COVID-19 and have no symptoms whatsoever. Yes. And that really changes the game in terms of public health, Definitely. right? And public yes. policy. And how do we best protect those communities that are vulnerable when we don't even know who has COVID-19, right? right? And I think right. that sort of speaks to some of the changes that we're seeing in terms of um, more testing requirements among healthcare providers who happen to be exposed to people in a higher risk. Um, but, but going back to the prevention, um, wearing masks, right? We know now that masks, not just, they don't just protect others, but they protect us too. And Social distancing too. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, uh, the six feet social distancing is, it's, it wasn't just a number that was picked right from thin air. It was like right. six feet was the number that um, there's the least amount of risk of those droplets reaching a yes. person to person, right? But it's, right. but none of these are a hundred percent, but together, right? Vaccination, mask, social distancing, hand washing together, we can really curb this virus. And I think that's what all of us want. We want to go back to our new normal or some sense of normalcy. Yes. We want to do it safely and we want to do it in a way where we're protecting our most vulnerable. And so I think, you know, we have to remember to do all of these things in order to do that. Absolutely, doctor. I love that. I, I was thinking even, um, I wish you know, it would be so nice if um, even on this podcast, we have like, every time you said it, you know, um, social distance, wear your mask, you know, just people are visual and they, yeah. they see it, you know, and um, I think those are great prevention that is really like, those are the guidelines that are given to us. And um, it's very important. I hope that, you know, our listeners and viewers will be able to follow those guidelines, share that with your family and friends, all of your loved ones, even those you may not like. <laughs> so safety is so key, you know, maintaining um, our uh, health and our, you know, lifespan is important. That's why we do the work we do different ways, but that's the goal, right, Dr. Yelpa? Right, that's right. Uh, I would like to know, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners and our viewers? There is one thing that I had um, been thinking about as I was listening to you. Um, so we've spent a lot of time talking about the importance of getting vaccinated and how vaccines are safe and they're effective at keeping us out of the hospital and um, they're great at preventing severe COVID symptoms and death. 
Um, but there is actually another form of treatment that's available for those people who can't get vaccinated and some people can't get vaccinated um, due to health reasons and others it's re uh, religious reasons. And so I just really wanted to leave um, some additional information for those uh, people who might get infected with COVID who are considered high risk groups. There is an outpatient treatment for uh, COVID-19 and um, it is basically an antibody that you receive as an infusion and it's meant to keep people out of the hospital and it's meant to prevent um, severe symptoms and death in, um, in those high-risk groups. And in the county, it's available to anybody um, who is part of the county system. Uh, and so the people who are eligible are those who have a positive COVID result who are um, either symptomatic or uh, they've had symptoms for the last 10 days. So it's important to go sort of earlier on in the development of symptoms. And then those higher risk groups. So people who are 65 and older, or if you're 12 to 65 with any of the following. So obesity, if you have a BMI greater than 25. If you're pregnant, if you have chronic kidney disease, mm -hmm. diabetes, if you're immunosuppressed or you have an immunocompromised condition, um, if you have heart disease, including high blood pressure, chronic lung disease, and so as you can see, neurodevelopmental disorders, as you can see, you know, this, this includes a lot of people. And um, again, it's meant to really keep us out of, out of the hospital and keep us from developing severe COVID symptoms. And so I just wanted to make that information available that if you fall into this category and you do get COVID, then it's important to reach out to your primary care doctor to seek treatment. Dr. Yelba, thank you for that valuable information, again, empowering us. Dr. Yeba, I hope that our listeners and viewers will stay through this entire podcast to receive the wealth of information that you have provided. Um, I didn't know about that, and that is wonderful, empowering. What you, what you do, Dr. Yelba, you empower people. To me, you're more than a medical doctor. You empower people to be their very best healthy self. And, you know, interviewing you today, Dr. Yelba, and just being with you here today um, is really, um, this, is, this is a plus. Thank you, Rahima. That, that is, it means a lot to hear you say that because that really is my goal. My goal is to empower my patients, empower our communities. And, um, and it really, it just means a lot to hear you say that. So I appreciate it. It's my pleasure to be here too. Oh, Dr. Yelpa, thank you. Thank you so much. And um, just really happy to um, have spoken to you today. I'd like to share perhaps how our viewers or listeners, if they have any questions or would like to contact you, could you share that information with us? Yes, thank you. So I have a Facebook profile under the name of Doctora Castellon Lopez, and that's my last name, C-A-S-T-E-L-L-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z. Um, and, you know, folks can join me there where I hope to upload more information as the pandemic uh, progresses and um, even afterwards and um, and they can reach me there. Wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Yelba. Thank you so much again for today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, doctor. Thank you everyone for being here with us today. We hope you enjoyed um, our most beloved doctor, Dr. Yelba. And remember, prevention is every day and every way. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.